إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله Praise be to God, we praise him, we seek his guidance and forgiveness Whomever Allah guides, none can misguide And whomever is left without guidance, none can guide besides Allah we bear witness that there is no one worth worshipping but Allah, and we bear witness that Muhammad is his last prophet and messenger. Prayers and peace of Allah be upon him, upon his companions, upon his followers and their followers till the day of judgment. Ameen. Servants of Allah have the taqwa of Allah, that is, have the balance between the love of Allah, the respect of Allah, and the fear of the consequences of your actions on the day of judgment. Have the taqwa of Allah and do not die except on the state of Islam, the state of submission to the will and the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala amma ba'd. In the longest surah in the Qur'an, the longest chapter in the Qur'an, chapter named Al-Baqarah, it's interesting to know that right in the middle of this surah, this surah has 286 verses, right in the middle, verse number 143, Allah says something related to this middle ground. When he says, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ Allah says to us, to the Muslims, we have made you a middle nation. We have made you a moderate community. We have made you a community that reject extremism in every kind and every way. This is the idea, the identity of the Muslim community or the way it should be. That we are a moderate community. We are a moderate nation. Compared to other groups, compared to other faiths, compared to other ideologies, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended for us to be a middle ground community, to be a moderate nation, right in the middle between all kind of extremism. When it comes to theology and faith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be middle. I mean, if you look at some other faith groups, the way other religions look at personalities like Jesus salam, some groups consider him divine, God. Other groups look at him as he is a bad person. We as Muslims come in the middle. We don't say bad things about him. We have so much respect to him, but we don't consider him God. When it comes to the way we look at his mother, Maryam, some call her an adulterous woman. Others call her the mother of God. We don't agree with either. We come in the middle. When it comes to the fiqh and jurisprudence and the way what's permissible and what's not permissible, you'll find out that the rules and the regulation of Islam are very moderate compared to the strict regulations and the loose regulations or the loose styles that others have. That's when it comes to theology and faith. When it comes to ideologies, You'll find that ideologies like capitalism, socialism, communism are all extremes. Islam comes in the middle, taking the best out of every side and be moderate. When it comes to the way people look at, the, at life, life use, Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does, does not want us to be extreme and live the life of monks where we don't care at all about this life, nor to follow our lusts and desires without having any spirituality. Allah says in the Quran, make sure that you work for your hereafter, but do not forget your share of this life. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly telling us that you're not expected to live like a monk. You're not expected to live a world that full of lusts and desires, but be moderate and be middle when it comes to that as well. Even when dealing with people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our religion teaches us that you should be middle in the way you deal with people. Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib السلام, said something amazing. أحبب حبيبك هونا ما عسى أن يكون عدوك يوما ما Love your, your friend, your allies in a moderate way because maybe one day they will be your enemies and do not dislike your enemies so strongly or harshly because one day they might could be your friends. This is a beautiful way of moderation of how to deal with people that you do not throw yourself completely at somebody you do not expose yourself completely to someone that one day he might use that against you. And at the same time, you do not cut all the bridges between you and somebody because one day you could be friends. So this is the beauty of how dealing with people in a moderate way. When it comes to the way we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Islam came with moderation. You know, Prophet Muhammad when he taught people to go to Hajj, he told them to take seven pebbles, seven small pebbles, and throw them at a monument in a way of rejecting evil. Some people came to the Prophet ﷺ excited because they grabbed rocks. They thought the bigger the stone, the bigger the rock, the more pious they could be and the more, act, the, the more reward they will get from the act of worship. So the Prophet ﷺ told them, no. That's not the point. لا تغلو في دينكم. Do not be extreme in the way you practice your faith. Do not be extreme in the way you, you worship God. Allah wants us to worship Him based on the moderate way that He asked us to do it. When three men came to the Prophet ﷺ and they told him that we want to go extreme. One of them said, I will fast every single day for the rest of my life. The second said, I will wake up every single night for the, second, for the rest of my life to pray. And the third person, I will not marry. I'll abstain from my male desires. The Prophet ﷺ said, that's wrong. That's extremism. That's not what we are asked to do by God. I am the Prophet. I am the best among you. I fast some days and I do not fast on other days. I sleep some nights and I wake up some nights to pray. And I get married. This moderation, this middle ground is what's expected. This is how you can be the best believer and the best worshiper of God by being moderate, not by being extreme. And that applies to every single thing in our relationship with God. With God. We are a middle nation. We live in a time where extremism, polarization, people going on all kinds of sides, especially what we see around us, in politics in America, between conservatism and liberalism, between Democrats and Republicans. Any policy, any law that's put on the ballot, you'll find people extremely either against it or for it. And sometimes we are caught in the middle of all that and we are pushed to choose either we are completely against or we are completely for. And that's not how Islam looks at things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be moderate wherever there is goodness we'll take it and we'll filter if there's bad comes with it we'll leave the bad and keep the good it's not just a package we don't have to accept everything from one side we can take the good from all sides and bring it to the middle 
That's a role that we can play in the society. That's a role that we can play in bringing fractions together and removing that divisiveness that we see around us in the American society. Now back to this moderation that we're talking about. This moderation in Arabic called wasatiyya, it's a very beautiful term and a very common concept among, among the, the scholars of Islam when they talk about the beauty of Islam when it comes to this middle ground or al-wasatiyya. This moderation reflects on many things, including freedom of speech or freedom of expression. Few months ago, we saw what happened in France, and this was not the first time. Before that, it happened before, where people used their freedom of speech to insult our Prophet Muhammad And sadly, we all knew what happened after that uh, from acts of violence and, ex and, and, and aggression, and how the government responded with more disrespect and insult to our Prophet. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have his uh, blessings and peace upon him. And because of that, people came out with two voices, mainly. Some would say Islam does not protect freedom of, of, of speech, does not protect freedom of expression, and Islam is against this important value that many humans in the civilized world cherish nowadays. And the other point of view came and said, freedom of speech is a horrible thing to have because it allows you to insult people and make them feel pain by insulting or making fun of the things that they are that are dear to them. So what does Islam uh, what does Islam how does Islam look at freedom of speech or freedom of expression? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran mentioned in many places that the freedoms of the human being are extremely cherished. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran gave us that one of the most important things is the freedom or the right to live. And he mentioned in many places that killing someone is definitely against the teachings of Islam. The freedom of religion, Allah says in the Quran, لا إكراه في الدين No one should be forced to practice a certain faith or embrace a certain faith. Freedom to disagree with others. You know, Surah Al-Kafirun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ If we disagree with each other when it comes to faith, you practice your faith, I practice my faith. Freedom of discussion and freedom of expressing your opinion. That's also granted and seen in the Quran. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to create the human being and create Adam, the angels objected or expressed their concern. And they said, why would you create something or someone who will spread mischief and corruption on earth? Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell them, be quiet, shut up, none of your business? No, ma'adhalillah. Did Allah tell them, that's how it is and that's how I want it, that's none of your business? No. Allah explained. Allah did not get angry or mad at the angels because they asked, because they expressed their opinion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained to them, this is why. And Allah did not have to explain. When Prophet Ibrahim السلام, said, Oh Allah, show me how you bring the dead alive. Show me how do you resurrect the dead. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not tell him that's none of your business. Allah actually showed him. When Prophet Musa السلام, said, Oh Allah, let me look at you. Allah did not tell them, you go ungrateful unbeliever. No, he said, look at the mountain. I'm going to expose myself to the mountain. If the mountain stays as it is, I'll, I'll show you me myself. But the mountain collapsed and Musa fainted. 
Allah knows that he cannot handle it, but he did not get angry at him. He explained to him that it's not possible. Every single accusation or attack on Allah, on Prophet Muhammad, on the Quran is mentioned in the Quran. And Allah kept it and Allah did not delete it. If I'm going to write a book about myself, I'm not going to include the bad things that people say about me. I'm going to delete it. That's how, I, how we are as humans. We don't mention the, the criticism that we get from others. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept it in the Quran. He showed us what people said about him. He showed us what people said about Prophet Muhammad. He documented what people said about the Quran, about Islam. He kept it there. He also named his own enemies, the people who took the charge of, of, of going against Allah, Fir'aun, Haman, the Shaytan, Iblis himself. So you'll find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not suppress the opinions, even those who disagree with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or were waging a war against him. Now Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam also practiced that. And that shows us that Islam came to promote the freedoms, including the freedom of expression or the freedom of speech. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam also practiced it. Practiced it with his companions, practiced with people whom he disagreed with, even practiced with his own enemies and those who were against him when he was in power. He expressed or he showed us an amazing practice of allowing freedom of speech and freedom of expression. When a woman came to argue with the Prophet about a certain thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a verse, call it the arguing woman, al-mujadila, telling us that that's okay to have that discussion. It's okay to have that argument, that debate. When, uh, uh, when the wife of the Prophet Hafsa, she debated the Prophet on the Quran. Hafsa radiallahu anha, she came to the Prophet and she told him, every single person will go to hellfire. He said, no, Ya Hafsa, that's not true. She argued back by saying a verse from the Quran to the man who's teaching the Quran. She said, Allah says in the Quran, wa minkum illa every person will go to hellfire. The Prophet said, did you read the following verse? And that explains the verse that you're reading in a better way. He did not get mad. No, in those times, women would not even dare arguing with their husband or saying things against what the husband said. The Prophet showed, no, it's okay to have a freedom of discussion and expressing your opinion and saying what you have in your mind. When people accused Prophet Muhammad of bad things, even though they didn't have the right, he did not punish them for that. One day the Prophet was distributing money inside the masjid. A man walked in and he said, اعدل يا Muhammad, this is not fair, O Muhammad, be fair. The Prophet did not say, go take care of him. He allowed him to express his point. He allowed him to express his opinion. The companions also, when they became leaders, when they became khulafa, all of them, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, Umar al-Khattab, all of them said something very clearly when they took charge. They said, if you see me doing something right, support me. But if you see me doing something wrong, correct me. And that is the teachings of our religion. One day Umar al-Khattab was given a khutbah, a sermon. And while he's given it, he said something that a woman did not like. She, she, she stood up and she said, Umar, you're wrong. And she corrected him while he's on the member. Umar al-Khattab thought about it. And he said, Umar is wrong and the woman is correct. 
When one day he was walking Umar al-Khattab into the streets of Medina, there were a bunch of kids playing. When they saw him coming from far away, they got scared and they ran in every direction and hide in, a dif in different corners, except one kid stayed in the middle. So when Umar al-Khattab passed by him, he said, why didn't you run like your friends? He said, I did not do anything wrong to be, to be hiding from you. And the street, the way is enough for both of us. I don't have to give you space. Umar al-Khattab was happy. And he smiled and said, Alhamdulillah, that people understood the importance of being, having dignity and speaking up when, about what's in your mind and what's in your thought. It's very clear that Islam promotes freedom of expression and freedom of speech. When that right is taken away from us, Prophet Muhammad said, this is the highest form of jihad, to speak truth in front of a tyrant. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us among those who understand and apply the teachings of Islam in our lives. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم فاستغفروه فيا فوز المستغفرين استغفر الله. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله أفضل الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى تابعيهم ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين As we started this khutbah talking about the moderation in Islam and how Islam looks at things in a moderate and a middle ground way we also mentioned that Islam also looks at freedom of speech in a moderate way as well Our religion promotes freedom of expression and freedom of speech but it has a very moderate way of judging it or looking at it nowadays in the world that we're living in we have two main examples extreme examples when it comes to freedom of speech we have third world countries totalitarian regimes dictatorships no one is allowed to say anything that criticizes the leaders the government the king the sultan the president of those nations or those countries and that culture of suppressing freedom of speech or suppressing speech and opinions and expressions is unfortunately embedded and applied in every single aspect of life in those nations and those communities little kids from the from the day they start learning how to speak they were told that they're not supposed to speak up their minds in front of the elder old adults when they are saying something or misbehaving they are being swiftly spanked or hit or oppressively mistreated they go to school the same thing they graduate and they start working the same thing with the boss they get a ticket on the road when they're driving the same thing with the policeman they go to court to to to, to contest the same thing with the judge in every single level of life unfortunately that oppressive way of looking at things and not allowing people to practice the freedom of speech or freedom of expression is extremely obvious in many of these nations sadly many of them are muslim majority countries who are not understanding the concept of freedom of expression in islam and they're not applying it because or maybe they do but because they are afraid of losing power they would not allow it and then you have another extreme nations especially in the western world who cherish freedom of speech and consider it the most important value in life considering it more important than God, more important than religion, more important than many other things. 
to the point that everyone is taught, even kids, to speak up their minds, even if it means disrespect to the teacher, disrespect to the parents, bullying other kids, uh, disrespect to faith, even God is allowed to be made fun of or mocked. Both are extreme examples. And Islam comes in the middle. Islam promotes freedom of speech, but with guidelines, with responsibility. Just like driving a car. You're allowed to drive your car wherever you want, but you have to follow the rules and the law of traffic. Why? Because that will pr protect your safety and prevent you from harming others. You have to put the seatbelt. It's not freedom of, of life that I don't want to put the seatbelt. It's not your freedom to drive on the freeway 150 miles per hour. It's not your freedom that you can just go against the freeway, uh, against the, the traffic. That exactly how Islam looks at freedom of speech. It creates guidelines for it. And these are simple guidelines that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to follow when we are practicing our own freedom of speech. Number one, no harm nor in encouraging others to go to cause harm. It's not considered freedom of speech when I stand up in front of people and I say, go and beat up that kid or go and beat up that man. And everyone goes and listens to me. That's not considered freedom. That's not acceptable Islamically. No disrespect to God, no disrespect to people who deserve respect, like parents, teachers, scholars. We can object, we can disagree, but disrespect Islamically is not allowed. No ridicule, no calling names, no using profanity. There is a verse in the Quran it's called Surah Al-Hujurat. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says in it, "Do not make fun of each other. Do not ridicule each other. Do not call each other bad names. Do not." Uh, uh, accuse each other without a proof. All these are freedoms of speech. Yet Islam says it's not, not something that's right. Do not use freedom of speech to insult people's faith. Even the faith that you don't agree with. Allah says in the Quran, Do not insult or curse their gods so they do not come back and insult and curse your own God. Now, when it comes to God here, it doesn't have to be a religious, could be a culture, could be a value. To say bad things about people's cultures, people's values, it will make them come back and say bad things about your own values and your own religion. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, be careful, do not get, engage in that. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I was not sent as a person who curse and say bad things to people. So this is something that we all should keep in mind. Now, there is no law that will punish you for, for insulting others, even Islamically, but you will stand in front of Allah on the Day of Judgment, accountable for every time you use your freedom of speech to cause harm or insult or make fun of others. So what happened in France, we have the right as Muslims, and people need to know that, that we love our Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. And we have the right to be offended. And we have the right to feel sad or outraged because of the things that they're making fun of. Not because they're drawing, drawing Muhammad, because the way they drew him. Because the way they insulted this beautiful human being and how they are promoting a wrong image about our beloved Prophet Muhammad But retaliating with violence, retaliating with, with acts of aggression, again, it's, not, it's against the teachings of our beautiful religion. 
When something like this happened, there are three things, and I'll finish the khutbah, that we need with, I want you to share with others and let people know about. Number one, people need to know who is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and how much we love him and how much we get offended when someone attacks him in such a manner. People do not know that. Some Muslims themselves do not know who is Muhammad So let us learn so we can educate others about this beautiful human being. Number two, while Islam promotes freedom of speech, it created some guidelines for it. And while Islam promoted freedom of expression, it promoted responsible freedom of speech and freedom of expression. But also Islam looks at the word that come out from our mouth that they could be more painful than physical harm that we can cause others with. Number three, Islam by no way promotes violence or aggression against anyone who attacks us verbally or say bad things about us. These few things, if we can just let people know about them, because people need to learn, need to know, they ask us, it's our job and responsibility to share this information with others and make sure that everyone knows our Islamic stand when it comes to these concepts. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us among those who always learn and have and acquire the knowledge about their faith and about their religion. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you on this beautiful Friday, to bless you on this good day. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward you all and protect you all from any harm or any risk. My dear respected brothers and sisters, the cases of COVID are on the high. Please take care of yourself. Use the mask wherever you go. Sanitize your hands wherever you go. Stay away from people, social distancing practice as much as you can. And you are excused not to go to gather, including the masjid in these times and in these situations, especially if you are a high risk uh, patient or an elderly who might be in severe problems uh, or severe risk if you catch the virus. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us, protect our families, protect our parents, protect our children, protect our communities, and inshallah, uh, very soon we'll be going back to our masajid and gather and congregate like the old days and have good times like the old days. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be with you. Jazakumullah khair for listening. And now you can uh, pray Dhuhr prayer uh, for rak'az. Uh, by yourself or with your family or with your people, friends at work and inshallah Allah will accept from us all. Jazakumullah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.